We are on a mission. A mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast, you'll get actionable business advice. Hear stories from industry leaders. And share a laugh or two with us. Fuel your passion for pharmacy. One conversation at a time. So, Lisa Faust, welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. Uh, come on, get it yeah, right. I'll get it right. Catalyst we'll Pharm- dub it welcome, out. Welcome to the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. I don't usually do that. She <laughs> usually does that. So, see see how much better she did. So, so do you ever, you have a, uh, they you were talking about, you have podcast. a really good setup and a really good good podcast yourself. Do you ever have guests in the studio or is it always remote? I think I've always done remote. Um even when we've had people, because it's kind of hard, you know, to do the whole little like next to each other and right. not get both on the show. Yeah. Um, I think even when people have been close, like we're close, we're, I don't know, 10 miles from one another. Right. It, it, I think I've always done the video just because it's easier for the viewer to like kind of see the speaker. But um, yeah. now I'm actually in my office. So we actually finally moved into our remodeled house. So I actually have space now for people. So who knows? Who knows what cat parties might happen here? So nice. Yeah. And you're in well, South Lake. And then also the interesting of doing a podcast with the person actually in the room is that, yeah, I'm going to sit here and talk to you. And I know Jeff is over here to my left listening, but like when we talk to each other, like I've watched some of our episodes and it's weird because it's like, I don't want to see this side of my face that often. It's like, there's a good side and there's a bad side. Maybe Jeff needs to sit on this side of me. We should try that. We should mix it up. Actually, actually, I had a battle with the curling iron and the curling iron won. But you should see the other guy. <laughs> I feel like that should be like. That would, where's the, can, can we in the future insert a drum roll there? That would need to be a. But out, but out. No, I feel yeah, like that, yeah. like Johnny Cash has that song. I fought the law and the law won. It's like, where's the girls version of that? I fought the curling iron and the curling iron won. Who was that? You were talking about a, a, a TikTok with a lady who had a crooked side. She had broken her nose. Oh, and one one side yeah, of her okay, nose. So there was this. It was really was it? interesting, and I I thought the piece that really interested me about it was the things that the they thought about for this movie. So, this actress, and it was with the Olsen twins when they were younger, and the woman starting out. All of the shots, if you notice, are on this one side of her face because her nose had been broken twice. And so if they filmed her on this side, she looked crazy and evil. And so they always crooked in her nose. Yeah. And so they focused the movie on this side of her face. But then as she progressed, her crazy, her, her character's crazy progressed in the movie. Then they started shifting the camera to focus on the crazy looking side of her face because of the broken nose. And she also said they did some things with like makeup and that she had this wig that she wore. And as the crazy got worse, they moved the wig back further and further and further. Uh Yeah. So, yeah. so women with foreheads are crazy. Is that right? Yeah, that's with, that's what I'm. I, that's I seem to I'm be outnumbered. <laughs> really outnumbered today. So. Sounds like we need to bring bangs back. <laughs> need to bring bringing bangs back because, and then I wonder if that is true. I wonder if there's some that women with bangs are perceived to be, um, less crazy. Yeah. I don't know because my husband that is. That is the one rule that he has that like, he's like, I don't care what you do with your hair, but you're not allowed to have bangs. And I was like, were no you traumatized bangs. and like <laughs> passed by bangs? Like, <laughs> See, my husband, it's when I cut all my hair off. Yeah, you do that anyway. I, so. I, I have a lot of hair. And so we live in Texas. It's hot here. 
And there's times in like mid spring, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. It's time. Cut it all off. And I'll go, I'll go chin length. And one time I did it, I came home and my kids go, oh, mom's home. And they came running around the corner and my son goes, nope, turns around and runs the opposite direction. (laughs) My daughter is like, why? And my, and my husband was like, you need to stop doing that. (laughs) You need to stop doing that. I'm just thinking about how you met, how I met your mother in the, the hot, crazy matrix, right? How does, how does cutting yeah. your hair, how, yeah. how does cutting your hair short affect that? Do you have to be nicer? Is there, you know, is it, yeah, I think or do you get to be crazier? How does that? Uh, yeah. Jim, I, I always wanted the balls to go chin length. I've never had the guts to, it's to do liberating. that. So I just applaud you for going that way. So it's, it's liberating. I, I will. Yes, it is liberating. I love it. I'm about to do it again. Um, <laughs> It is about that time of year. It's liberating. It is, it is a- she needs a lot of. She, yeah. She's she seems very constrained and. Well, okay. So for people who don't watch and listen, my hair is like midway down my back, um, but uh, yeah. So I I went ahead and I'm keeping it long right now because we have a dive trip planned in June, and so it's easier for me to put my hair in braids when we're diving, um, underwater. Whereas the shoulder length, it's like I it's harder for me to put back in stuff and the goggle and all that. It's just a mess. Things I never think about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, the problems us women have to deal with. Yes, I, I know. There's not enough Respect. appreciation. Respect. Thank you. I, yes, I know. thank you. I had to get a lecture on what podcast makeup required. <laughs> so, you know, hey, on podcast mornings, the reason I'm in later so I think uh, her and Mark and I were out, and she was like, okay, you're going to see this. All right, look, <laughs> these are the phases. I was like, okay, I, I get it. I'm good. Eyeliner's not an easy task. I'm going to post those pictures. Eyeliner and mascara <laughs> are the enemies. Because, like, so, you fudge up, it's all messed up. Enough about us. We're and here today makeup. to learn yeah. about Lisa. Yes, we are. So, Lisa, you're in South Lake, Texas, which um, Jeff, Jeff and I are in the South Lake, Colleyville, Grapevine area also. But our office is in Irving. Um, Just say what you want to say. How did you get to be a badass, Lisa? Tell us about that. <laughs> um, you know, it comes when you have more than 20 years experience, like you reach badass level. Like um, when you make as many mistakes as I have. Ah, um, yeah. Okay. You, you, you hopefully learn from those mistakes. I love that. And Which that's, that's the greatest college ever. So, yeah. The, the college of life. That's the greatest education the, in college ever. degree from hard knocks yeah yep. it's uh yeah i always like to say like i've done everything wrong and everything right you can do in pharmacy like um and and what's great is all of those mistakes you know i was able to overcome most of that but now i'm able to help others like yep. they going pitfalls like they don't have to do all the same things i did so <laughs> yeah and you give it a lot of energy um you're doing a podcast how often is your podcast four to six episodes a month like i you know i'm i'm terrible at like schedules i i don't want to i go to rampage and do a whole bunch you know or whatnot but uh yeah we, we try to post fairly regularly and try to keep it very timely and uh there's so much to talk about like yeah. you know i i'm sure you probably get this just it's like well don't you run out of new things to talk about it's like, Never. No, pharmacy this is a pharmacy yeah first and there's so many things happening like i could probably literally do a podcast today for the whole year and still not run out of things to talk about. Yeah. So yeah, yesterday, um, uh, Lisa, uh, LinkedIn, she just put on there and I think she has a video that if y'all haven't seen, check it out. talking about uh, credit card fees. 
Yes. Um, yep. We had a good exchange. Uh, a, a lot of the pharmacies are, are finding out that it's possible to add on credit card fees. Um, I'd had some concerns. I, I I texted her about it. She texted me right back. I'm special. So I'm just, yeah. She probably she might not text you back. Much, That's but. right. You're special. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, one of my concerns was, hey, we well, are kind of the you know a person's paying more than a copay. Is that a is that a um, you know, are you allowed to do Violation. that? Uh, especially with yeah. a Medicare pay, you know, if a Medicare patient had a five dollar copay, can I charge five dollars and seventy five cents? Um, but Lisa had done the work, so so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, give us the breakdown of that. Yeah, so when when kind of this movement, I'll say, because it's not just in pharmacy. It's it really, I mean, from restaurants to regular retail stores to online commerce. You know, there's kind of this movement of shifting the burden of credit card fees from the company to the, to the consumer. And so when this really started picking up, uh, you know, probably about two years ago in pharmacy, because I, my assumption was right along with yours, Jeff, was that, oh gosh, we can't charge more than the copay. So there's no way a pharmacy can do this. Um, but I have some really awesome friends that are pharmacy lawyers and pharmacy consultants. And, um, you know, I used to teach a PBM class with them and I've, I've, uh, read the contracts and, you know, I've kind of been in that world for a few years. So I was like, let me go ask the experts, like, what, what do, what do they think? And so we got a little pal together and we went back and reread through all the contracts and read some opinions and talked to some other people. And, you know, it all came out that it's okay because, uh, one, you're not charging more than the copay. The, pa the patient mm -hmm. is paying $5, I'll just say for their, for their drug. Um, that's all you're charging for the copay. If they want an optional service, whether it's an extra bottle of Tylenol, they want delivery of their medications. If yep. they want things in 10 bottles or, you know, something extra, um, you're allowed to charge for those extra services. Those are implicitly included everything you could do in that, yep. in that reimbursement, if you will, for that prescription. Um, it is really important that you have to have ways that people can pay you where there is no charge. You can't just say, you know, we only accept credit cards and there's always a 3% Right. or whatever or you can't make that the only way people can pay so as long as you know they can pay cash they can mm -hmm. pay check they can you know whatever uh, and you know, debit cards isn't rate. it true that debit cards um you can't mark up is that accurate i thought i saw that that um the debit cards well the debit card fees are a lot lower than credit cards are usually a flat fee they're you're okay. you know depending on obviously your processor mm -hmm. um and how all of this works and so there's a couple things you bring up a good point so a couple things to take into play there's the pbm contract side which which you know we're kind of addressing and then it's like commercial federal you know there's a lot of a lot of things to think of there um but then there's also like commerce laws and like money laws and and states and counties can actually have different rules and mm -hmm. so what i've learned in kind of researching different things as pharmacies have reached, reached out to me is these obviously vary by location and vary either by state or county or different things. And so some states are like, man, we're hands off, like whatever y'all want to do, like it's consumer pre-business, you know, that they'll decide. And then others are like, you can't charge a surcharge for a credit card fee, but you can charge a cash discount, you okay. know? And so for in some, in those instances, for example, then layering that on top of your PBM rules, you can't discount a copay. Right. So it, if you were going to do that, you can't give people a cash discount on a copay because you have to collect the full amount. So it's like 
you can't do that on copays, but you could do it with your OTC or you could do it with, you know, something else that isn't controlled by that PBM contract. And so there are definitely some nuances there. And what I tell people is this is not a pharmacy issue. Um, the best place to get information on what's happening in your neck of the woods, you know, in your county, your right. state, your mm-hmm. parish or whatever, you know, reach out to your local business associations, whether that's, you know, SBA or BDB or maybe your even local banks, you know, they, they provide a lot of guidance on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get, get ingrained with like the local business area. Um, so you can get educated on what's required, um, for yours, but it is an awesome way to move some of those, right. those feet. And some pharmacy owners are completely against it. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you would ever think of that. And then other pharmacies owner are like, man, I now save 10,000 a month because my consumers are paying oh, my that credit can be card a lot. fee. You know, yep. so I think it's um, cultural. I, I've in, in certain areas, uh, like well here in Texas, mm-hmm. I've seen more and more and more where businesses are adding a credit card fee or yep. adding a surcharge yep. or things like that. Uh, and so I think it's a little bit of culture of like what, what your other businesses are doing. If you're a pharmacy and you're the only business in town that is doing that, probably not going to go over so well. Right. But if every other boutique and every other place of business is adding it and you just join the pack, probably nobody's going to bat an eye. Yeah. I, one thing to note, though, in that when you're talking about, hey, I could do my OTCs and copay, I do believe the brands require you have to do it across the board to everything. You can't do some things with a credit card markup and some things not on part of your brand uh as the, the card brands, the merchant, the merchant agreement. Yeah. It's probably, um, well, and it's probably hard to do it differently anyways. I mean, like when you, when you set all this up in your systems, it's not something that you're just bouncing around and changing from, from time to time. Uh, you know, they, you, you could do things where, uh, cause normally what, how it works is, uh, the POS system, sometimes the POS systems aren't set up to do this. So if you want to charge people, the surcharge, um, or where they they pay the fee, are usually using like an external POS system, which does create some complexity and, and does create some extra steps. Um, but you could say, hey, for all my people that I do monthly billing for, you know, a lot of pharmacies still do monthly billing. And if you pay your monthly billing all at once in your credit card, there's no fee because honestly, charging an entire month's worth of fees in one transaction is a whole lot less costly than, you know, 20 individual transactions throughout right. the month. And so, you know, so like there's other ways that you could probably do that. Um, but you're processing, you know, you're processing it different, you know, at the right. point of sale. You use a different, party, you're using a different merchant account. Card. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, so. I, I keep waiting to get the, uh, the caller like, uh, and we're going to add that to the pharmacy system so that they can figure that out in different places. But I'm waiting to get the call like, uh, we want to add tips. <laughs> you know, it's everybody's well, adding tips now. It's. Everybody, everywhere there's tips. I, and I'm like, I look I'm at like, my really? cousins we're generally pretty generous tippers, but I'm like, are we, are we supposed to tip? Like, <laughs> like, I know I want to, I want to, you know, we had a, a leaders meeting uh, this last week. I, I needed a, I needed an app that, so I could walk around and ask everybody what tip they wanted to give me. <laughs> you know, tip five, 10, 15% for there my was, services. There was a, a series that was, that did that, right? Uh, Cause I remember Mark watching some Mark and Mackie watching some series that you walked around and Justin Timberlake also did. It was called time where you, you like work as you worked, you were given amount of time and that was your amount of time. Oh to live. yeah. But that- then there was another TV series that came out and it was like, you gave people ratings 
And I guess that oh, was yeah. like... Oh, yeah. That was... Um, was that Black yeah, Mirror? Different that show, was that Black like, Mirror? And yeah. And your, your warp was like how people rated you. Yes. And right. Like, and whether yeah. you could get and, into places or stuff like... Everybody rated everybody. Yes. Yep. And, and then based on your rating is how people would go, yeah, I'm not going to associate with you. And, and it was sad because I'd watch... You'd watch people go, can you give me a rating? Can you give me a good rating? Yeah. It is interesting. So... Were you asking for a rating? <laughs> I was. I feel bad about it now. <laughs> He's walking around. Can Can you rate me? <laughs> so, so um, Lisa has a, a consulting group, right? And, and what's what the name of that is? Diversifier well, X. Yeah, Diversifier X is the name of the company. Yep. Um, and and everything we do is is under that. But we have a membership, which is Pharmacy Badass University which okay. is for pharmacy owners that, you know, want to make changes in their, their business. They want to improve their profitability. Um, and, uh, you know, so we have a membership that, that people can join that okay. that's a paid membership. Um, I always let people go consume all of our free resources. You know, you mentioned the podcast, but mm-hmm. we put out blogs, we weekly emails, we do the YouTube videos. Um, you know, we really are just trying to help pharmacy owners in any way, shape or form. Yes. Uh, we, uh, weekly awesomeness. I get those yes. and I read them and I love them. Do you feel more awesome because of it? I, I do. Yeah. I really I think, do. I think I, you are. I've seen a change. I've seen the effect. <laughs> but keep going. It's all about the energy. It's we got to transfer the energy and you can yep. transfer it in email. That's for, that's for sure. This I think is important oh because my. one of the things, oh my, oh my. Um, Lisa used to work for PDS. She was in marketing PDS. And I think one of the things I saw over time and, and probably once PDS was bought by private equity, and I feel like I don't have any facts on this, but I feel like they started, the new bosses started saying, you're giving away too much stuff for free. People aren't signing up for memberships. You're giving away stuff too much for free. And I went to uh, Lisa's show um, that she this had last in February. No, but I went to the one before in Dallas. Okay. Um, we, we didn't, we weren't there the whole time. We went in okay. there just to, to kind of uh, shake some hands and kiss some babies and, and, and help them pack up. But uh, Mickey Fine, uh, was talking to him and he was like, um, you know, Lisa has a bunch of does. She, she, she helps me so much. I feel obligated to buy the membership. Mm. Right. That that's scammer. So, people so, buy from people they like. Well, it's a, it's a value first. It is uh, value piece. first marketing. Um, yes. And, and it's saying that, Hey, this is a trustworthy group. Mm-hmm. If I provide them enough value, they're going to support me. And, yes. and I think you're seeing that. I think that's super. So I wanted to, when, when you plug that, that so made me think about what Mickey said. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, and I, the way that I look at it is I always want to be behind on the, you know, exchange of brownie points between me and a pharmacy owner. Like I always want them to have gotten more from me than I have gotten from them. I always want to be trailing. And so my, I have this innate need and it, and it comes from actually like deep, like, insecurities that's like you know there's always double-edged swords to everything but i have this deep innate need to be useful to people and to mm-hmm. be valued and the way that i do that is i overgive and i and i right. love nice. sharing and and so it's like i always want people to feel like they love me and they value me and i'm the most valuable thing in pharmacy because i've given them so much and they've had to give so little return like that's yeah that's like my motto and so i love giving out the free resources um, and, and your assessment, uh, uh, Jeff, I, w- I would uh, agree with that, that, uh, you know, kind of what happened in some other organizations. But I'm a big believer in I want to save the industry. 
I mm-hmm. want to help pharmac- independent pharmacies thrive. I want independent pharmacies to transfer to other independent pharmacy owners. You know, I all of that. And I can't do that one-on-one. I'm just one right. person, even yep. my team. Like we can't, we, we don't have enough people to help, you know, 16 to 20,000 pharmacies out there. And mm-hmm. so, you know, a one way to do that is with a bunch of free content. And if you're the type of pharmacy owner that can read a blog or watch a video and then go do the thing, like more power to you, hand claps, high fives, like go do that. Mm-hmm. But not every pharmacy owner is like that. And some of them need the hand holding, and some of them need more support. So then, you know, that's where we kind of created the membership from. Uh, and then of course we have the annual conferences uh, where a lot of them, a lot of people come to the conference, they get what they need, they get the information they need, and then they go forth and implement, which is fantastic. That's great. I'm happy. They're happy. Yep. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, you know, squeeze constant money from them because eventually I believe it all goes around. You know, right. they'll tell somebody else and yep. they'll tell somebody else and, you know, the world becomes a better place. I love so. it. Yeah. That's the, you know, with businesses, I always think about just focus on providing more value than you cost. And if you just do that, you're going to be profitable and you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, absolutely, it, it may not be rocket at first. Um, although I would say I, I see some rocket, you know, some industry stuff, but some you, there's some, there's definitely a rocket engine under, under your business. Um, but I let, I think it's, it's great. Yeah. So, okay. You own four pharmacies. So what would you say of the new implementation stuff that you've sent out in the last three months that you've implemented in your pharmacy that makes it for a good success story? Well, you're part owner in some pharmacies, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm a part owner. Um, that's a good question. So one of the things that I've done recently is with one of the newest pharmacies that we bought, the one in Oklahoma, um, I've been kind of sharing that journey mm-hmm. with, with our readers. So every, oh, wow. you, you know, you mentioned the weekly awesomeness at the bottom of that, I have what I call the new pharmacy update. So I've been giving like weekly updates. I just did the one this week. So we're on week 33. So we've okay. owned that pharmacy for I, I started it a couple weeks after, but about 33 weeks, you know, we've, we've owned it. And I've been sharing all the things that I've been doing in that pharmacy. Um, okay. The good, the bad, and ugly. The, this week's actually an ugly, oh, you know, no. like the title of it is like how to piss your employees off by Lisa Boss. Like, you know, we, we had a, uh, a little thing. And so, you know, sharing the good and sharing the bad and, and that journey. And there's a couple of things that I always do in our pharmacies, like when I, when I first purchased them, mm-hmm. um, in order to improve, you know, improve profitability. Um, and part of that is, is sharing that journey. I do think that I don't believe there's a magic bullet in pharmacy mm-hmm. that would make all our lives easier. Right. If it was just like one thing everybody can go do. Um, but the simple things that don't cost a lot of money, um, I call quick wins and like inside our membership in our pharmacy profit roadmap, the whole first section of pharmacy profit roadmap is quick win. It's like all these things that it's like, doesn't take much time, doesn't take much money, but can have a, a big impact. And so um, one of them that I always do is I'm a huge fan of direct billing workers compensation. Um, it's good in about 38 states. So it's not good everywhere. Sometimes the laws in the states aren't always um, advantageous for the pharmacies. They're a little more advantageous towards the PBMs. But if you're in one of the good states, just converting any current work comp patients you have now to direct billing um, instantly makes them more profitable. Like instantly, instead of making $5, a, you know, a prescription, you're making $100. Wow. Yeah. And 
It's not costing the state anymore. It's not costing the insurer anymore. It's just you're cutting out that PBM. The PBM is normally keeping about 90% of that reimbursement. And so all you're doing is cutting them out. And so it's like, that's a quick way to improve profitability. Um, Really, it's the employees. So when it's, it's, are your employees like even aware of profit? Like is profit even like on their radar? Like, do they understand how they contribute to profit? And the biggest changes that we've done in Oklahoma was implement an employee bonus program where they all have things they're responsible for and for improving and they get bonused for that. And, um, so right now with our employees, every employee has two metrics they're responsible for one, everybody has the same, which is a thank you card program. I know that sounds really cheesy and really simple, but it is fantastic, especially for brick and mortar community based businesses. There's some people that actually appreciate those, those little things. Yep. Everybody does. Everybody that nobody gets handwritten, you know, notes in the mail Mm -hmm. anymore. And so one of the first things we do is implement a thank you card program. And the thank you card program is every employee, um, for every shift you work, you have to write one thank you card. Okay. So if you work three days a week, then you write three that week. If you work, you know, if you so work it's just five one, days one a week, shift, then you, one writing, one shift, okay, one card. And so the employees, what they do is we have a log and they write who they wrote their card to for each day that they worked. Okay. They turn that in at the end of the month. And if they did one for each day, um, they get $200 bonus. So they get 200 bucks for doing thank you cards, um, which is a pretty good chunk of money for not much work. Yep. Um, oh, I'd sit there and write so many freaking cards. I'm waiting for mine. <laughs> it's like 10 cards a day. Let's go. And so um, it, it starts to create, because I firmly believe, especially brick and mortar businesses, and this is where when people start getting marketing advice, it's really important you know who's giving the advice mm-hmm. and what type of businesses that advice is from. Because e-commerce and online stores, they need a market completely different than brick and mortar community, especially healthcare related stuff. Like it's a, it's a different way you want to market because there's a, there's a lot of relationship in that, that yep. doesn't exist mm-hmm. here in online business or doesn't exist with, um, uh, you you're, you don't have that personal relationship. And so a thank you card program can have a huge and very little cost, huge impact, mm-hmm. you know, massive impact for teeny tiny little cost. And um, I will tell you, your employees are gonna feel awkward, especially your millennials. They're like writing a thank you card, like I don't even know how to do this. And so we have little samples that they can start with. That's just, thank you for coming in today. We appreciate you. That's it, that's, it could be as simple as that. Um, All right, let me challenge that. Let me Let me challenge that a little bit, okay? In the one size fit all that there's an age demographic somewhere that that thank you card doesn't mean that much to. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh, or I not? absolutely agree with that. All right. So I, I will push back. I will push back. I have had young patients walk in saying that was really awesome. I've never gotten a written card before. Yeah. And then you have the 80 year old grandma that comes in and says, I keep this in my purse all the time, honey. I look at it all the time. Nice. Like, I love it. Like, I would disagree that because it's different, because it breaks the pattern, which is really what you want it to do, is you want it to break the pattern. So my, I, I wasn't going with the knot. I was just going to try to challenge something there's, to there's think about out there. Is saying, 
what if that was a personal text message, right? What if for the pharmacies yeah. they're using messaging instead of what they were going to write in there, they went over to the computer and messaged and said, hey, miss, hey, so-and-so, it was really cool meeting you today in the pharmacy, you know, uh, you, your smile brought a light or whatever they would normally, you know, you, your smile and more in their piece. I did it. It just does not have the same impact. Yeah. Um, it's, um, and I don't think it's an either or. I think you can do both. Yeah. I think you can have an automation system because we do. We use we use Pioneer. We, we have automation systems and, you know, the text messages and things like that. But getting a handwritten note that's stamped and sealed and yep. somebody signs it and, and it it just has a different impact. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. So like getting something that has somebody's signature that's they, they're recorded somewhere that they can just automate and just stamp. I look at that as just like, okay, somebody hit a checkbox for you. And, and I got an example of that this week. And it's like, I, I'm like, I'm with you. I'm absolutely all about, I appreciate more the handwritten notes that, or even if it's like, Hey, this is a note, a thank you card. We base, we send to customers and then you get the people in the pharmacy that sign it. And some of them actually take the time to go, you know, thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you. I'm, I'm a hundred percent that personally handwritten a hundred you're a hundred percent. I'm a hundo. I mean, it, it's raining um, everywhere. A hundred percent of the time. <laughs> <make> it rain. <laughs> It's raining love. It's 100% love. Thank you for helping. That was awesome. You know, I get mm -hmm. a lot of appreciation digitally. This means 10 times more than something digital. And I keep it by my desk. I actually yeah, that's going, yeah. on, that's going you know? on like your board see, or see, something. See, now I'm feeling bad because I texted her thank you yesterday. I'm feeling like I should have written a card. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, and I'm that, going to lunch I mean, and getting a card. Lisa needs a card. Here. Like I, that is a great uh, example because yep. mm -hmm. you know when I when I get these, you know they they become they become tangible. They're they just, they become the different. desk art. That's your desk art. No, I'm totally with you. Like I've I still have the birthday cards, um, sitting on my bookshelf in my office that where my team wrote yep. me nice birthday cards. I'm expecting a thank you card from you. Keep expecting. <laughs> you're, you're not paying her $200 a month to do it. Uh, nope. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty good to you. Uh. Yeah. So, so that's one of the first things we implement is direct billing workers comp, um, doing the thank you card program, and then giving ownership of something to the employees. And it's going to be based on kind of, you know, what's happening in the pharmacy, what, what they're, I always, I always like to have conversations. What are you passionate about? What do you like? What do you hate? You know, I don't want to give you something if you're absolutely going to hate it, but we come up with something else that they're responsible for, whether it's, you know, OTC sales or number of OTC COVID tests or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. And then that becomes the other part of their bonus. And so that's worth 300. So my goal is to give $500 a month to every employee as a bonus. 200 is the thank you card and 300 is the other thing that they're responsible for. And um, that really helps get them some skin in the game, some yep. extra skin I in the game. Um, and that can really help to try to try to turn, turn, uh, I don't want to say turn pharmacy around. It wasn't like mm -hmm. it was bad before, 
but but turn it into a more profitable type of thing. Like when everybody's goals are aligned yep. and they're, you know, we're all working together, you just go so much farther than, mm-hmm. you know, everybody mm-hmm. being scattered and in, you know, different areas. I love so that. I have an idea to even take that personal touch to a whole nother level. Okay. Bop, so bop. number one, this actually, this tip came from a pharmacist. Um, well, she's not a pharmacist. She's the lead pharmacy tech that like is there is their version their pharmacy badass um so she took it she took her bitmoji out of her phone of herself emailed it to herself and then attached it to her profile picture within pioneer so when she messages her patients in the arcs local app her bitmoji shows up with her wonderful purple hair i'm gonna give the shout out to serena yep um for this one because i loved it she said people come in and yeah they see her her bitmoji with the purple hair. And as soon as they walk in, they see Serena with the purple hair and they're like, Serena, oh my gosh, thank you so much. So here's my idea to take your, what you're doing with your farm, with your people to the next level. So within pioneer, there is the option to assign somebody as a caregiver. So I'm in charge of filling your prescriptions and making the communication and talking to you. And we're establishing a relationship Fine. And then another piece in Pioneer was in within the comment section. You're allowed to put like, you know, personal touch type comments. So if that patient tells you something personal, make sure you put it on their profile. So then when you go to write their card, you know, hey, I hope your dog has a better day and heals from that foot or your aunt gets better or something like that. Those, that dog needs to heal from the put, from the foot. <laughs> Y'all do a lot you of dog kicking dogs, at your house. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> that love that. Um, that's actually one of our strategies in terms of having that close relationship. One of the things that we always put up by the cashier station, um, we usually use like an old cal- like a calendar. And so if somebody comes in and says, oh yeah, I'm going on vacation next week or it's our anniversary in two weeks or, you know, they mention things like that. Um, we write it on the calendar, you know, son's graduating college or, you know, whatever. And then it becomes fodder for the thank you cards because thank you cards, it's kind of a generic statement, but it can be the message inside the card can be anything. It can be, hey, I noticed it was your birthday today. Happy birthday. Or, hey, and welcome back from your vacation. Can't wait to see you in the pharmacy again. You know, so it can be, it doesn't necessarily have to be a quote unquote thank you. Are they writing um, any of those with chat GPT? No, it, they're handwritten. It, yeah, no, but you, no, not, but getting what to say with chat GPT. Getting what to say, yeah. yeah. You know? yeah are, you, chat, are you playing a lot with so, AI? You doing some stuff with oh, it? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yes. It's we great. Did, uh, the first time I did, um, I had a lot of fun with it. It kind of a rabbit hole, kind of sucks you down. Um, but I was doing my blog on uh, cash versus cash flow versus profit. Mm-hmm. And so I asked JetGPT to write me a poem about the differences between cash flow and profit. And I put it in the blog. I thought it was really yeah. good. Did you see that? You saw job. my Christmas blog I did when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was one of the most shared blog. Uh, LinkedIn post I think I've ever done. Uh, everybody just got excited about hey AI can AI can write a poem. Um, it's definitely yeah. made me nicer. I write emails like I write text messages, and so all I do is plug my text message into the <laughs> ChatGPT and let it and go expand it. Let it make it a little nicer. So I had a little fun with ChatGPT. I sent this to you when Mark when Mark. I sent this to you. Mark asked me what's for dinner, and I said I don't know. And he goes, "Put it in Chat GPT and ask it to and tell it to be more respectful." Oh yeah, yeah that's true. 
And so I posted, here's what ChatGPT said. Here's what my response is. And it was short and there was a B word at the end of it. <laughs> you, you guys, you guys. Jeff so, enjoys the banter. So, so hold on. We, well, let's let's, let's yeah. take a little detour. I get to do the detour today. See? Well, see, so that's what I'm getting on to you about because we talked about let's get to know Lisa first, not get into business, business, business. I know, but they can scan either way. Her business is so cool. I just, <laughs> it is. That was the, I, you know, part of this. We kicked this. We started doing these because of COVID, and and not getting to get out and see people. Like and I'm already shows. low. Like like her her pharmacy sounds so cool. I want to go. I want to I want to kind of go in secret shopper like though and like buy a Snickers or something first and kind of see how everything goes. But but it, it sounds like a place you want to be. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, four kids. You got four yes. kids. That's a lot. So uh, tell us about tell us about them, what they're doing. and Like, I think you told me one know, of them yeah. does field hockey. I was thinking they were cool stuff. No, water polo. Water polo. Water polo. We have four huh? kids. Um, I, like, I love kids. People always ask, like, how do you do it? How do you have four kids and this and that and work-life balance? Like, I don't believe in work-life balance. I've been an entrepreneur. I mean, I started my pharmacy, mm -hmm. found out I was pregnant all at the same time. Um, I, I just, it's just all integrated. Like life is integrated. I think it makes for more resilient kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it makes for just a better life and we don't have this expectation of like all or nothing. It's just, yeah. it's all blended. And, and, and I will say I work my ass off because I have four kids. Like one, I got to pay for them. Like they're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but two, I want Hit them to polo. see like what it means to work hard and what it means to have integrity, Absolutely. what it means to, you know, put in the hours and stuff. And so you know, I don't think I would be as successful as I am if I didn't have the four kids. Wow, like, I yeah, think that's it's interesting. Kind of a little bit of a cause and effect. No, huh. so, absolutely. Um, like Mark attributes um, his success to Mackie because becoming a dad made him more driven to finish school and get a and build a career. I, I'm not sure that's how most millennials feel today. I think you find a lot of people talking. You know, we're actually talking about population decline because a lot yeah. of people are choosing not to have kids to prioritize their careers. And what you're saying is that. Your kids I'm a badass. You. I'm a badass because your kids drive you. Know, you to I'm driven to I, provide. I, I, I hear all of that, and I've I've seen that, and I I feel like because I think the discussion has always been like this either or, like you have a career or you have a family. I'm like, you do both. That's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's it, and it, I think that's it's a harmful message that it has to be either this or. separate. Like you you're all in on here which means you're not over here. It's like, yeah. no, no, like I go to my kid's water polo tournament. When my kid's in the water, my focus is on him. When he's not in the water, I might be typing a blog or I might be answering emails nice. or I might be mm -hmm. doing a thousand other things. And life is good. I'm doing both and mm -hmm. I'm doing both and really, really it. well. Yep. And this message to millennials of like this all or nothing, I think is really, I think it's damaging to them because I think it's making them choose and, and sacrificing that they don't have to. But yeah, they are talking about population decline. Do you decline think though some of them people... saw their parents not do that? That they saw their parents put way too much energy into them and just them and not have a balanced life? And they're like, I don't want to do that. Because you look yeah. back, I always say, you know, when the, and maybe not the first generation, but, but the last little bit, everybody before that was like, go outside and don't come in until it gets dark. You, you know, it yep. wasn't come really kids. Street, like, kids on. grew up, they grew yep. up fine. You know, you Drink know, mama, mama bear didn't follow them around 
you know, picking after up after them and stuff. And so no, I no, we drank from the water hose. God only knows so, it's amazing. Yeah, so so I yeah yeah. You want some water? There's the hose. You know, these kids today, it's like I want Kool Aid or I want you know no no the hose is out there. But <laughs> you, you know you, you and you I don't I don't think kids are better today because of that. You know, we grew up with an independence and we grew up with a yeah. you know with a piece of. That kind of My stuff. My kids would come at me crying if they if they fell hard on the soccer field. I was like, I don't see any blood. I don't see any broken bones. Get back out there. And, yep, and they're I, tougher right. because of it. Yeah, I mean, my 12-year-old, so I have a 16-year-old. So, yeah, what are the ages? Uh, was, yes, so 16, 12, 7, and 5 okay. are, their, wow. are their ages. And the 16-year-old is driving now, which is awesome. Like, that has changed our lives. Yep. Um, and, you know, he's independent and, you know, all those good things. And the 12-year-olds, the 12-year-olds are water polo player. And okay. he travels a lot. Um, and he actually just got selected. I'll brag for a moment. He just got selected to the oh, wow. um, Olympic Development National Team Selection Camp. Congrats. So like, and we've had this whole thing where, you know, he's had to go through all these stages. And so this is like the next to the last stage before he gets to see if he gets selected on the national team for his age mm-hmm. group. And um, so he travels to California and they travel to all these different places. And many times he goes by himself because um, we're at a show or we're, you know, we're doing something and he is perfectly fine. Like he has his own Marriott number, like he checks into hotels, you know, like he mm-hmm. is fully wow. functional. You know, he has his own debit card. Like he, that kid can travel the world at 12, um, you know, and it's, it's awesome. Nice having that independent. And is, right? Because you said y'all had a tournament last year in Italy? Or? Yeah, to Italy. Yeah, we went to Italy. We couldn't go to the pipe. We couldn't go to Catalyst last year because we were in Italy. I mean, you know, I had to make a choice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I had had my feelings hurt about that, but I think I'm okay yeah. now. Yeah, I, I probably would have picked Italy too, but I, I, Italy I, I have too. to run connect, so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm still carrying around 10 pounds, I'm sure, of Noki from Italy, so. <laughs> uh, that's the piece I'm looking forward to is the pasta and, and the wine. Now I'm hungry. And the cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, um, the little timely uh, old couple restaurants were just the best. Like, those were uh, those. Yeah, best. I remember. But, I think yeah, I remember you big... saying how that was your, your favorite food. Was it in Italy? Um, yeah. That's that still was, on my that list. That was quite good. Yeah, and then we have the seven and five year old, and they're just, man, those two. We look at them all the time. We're like, God, those two are going to give us like gray hair. Like, they're, you know, they're. It's almost like we have two sets of kids, you know, because there's a five year mm-hmm. age gap, and so we have the two older ones, and it's like our life was different when they were little. We had the pharmacy; everything was super yeah. structured. So here's my These theory are- on this: you forgot what it took to break the first two. They're broken and they're older and you forgot what you had to do because they're easy now. And, and, and it's kind of like parents become grandparents if they have, if their kids are too spread out, you know, and, and do you think, yeah. uh, oh, kids are easy. And I then, have another theory to okay. add to I will, that. And what we'll say to that really quick is, so we just moved into our remodeled house. And so life's been a little chaotic because we haven't been living in quote unquote hall. And this week we've talked about, it's all about breaking the littles. Like when they've had such bad habits mm-hmm. because life has been chaotic, okay, that they've gotten away with murder. Oh yeah, and so the break. Me and my husband are like, this is going to be tough. It's going to be tough on us. It's going to be tough on them. But it's like we have, we've got to break them. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, because I have another theory um, that is 
I mean, this is my reason is, uh, Cohen, my young, so my oldest, she's got it together. She's always been headstrong, independent. Um, my youngest one, days I look at him, I love him. God, I love him. He's pretty. He knows it. That boy's going to clown college. Um, so let's talk about that. <laughs> Mackie's been locked out of the house. How many times do you lock Cohen out of the house? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said. Exactly. <laughs> you forgot what it took to break the first one. I, I was interested. I had a, a TikTok this morning. A guy was talking about his deal with kids. And like, you and, know, and like, hang on okay, for the ahead. record, she only got locked out of the house for like 30 minutes. And that's all it took. She got yeah, home. Right. She and came they, home the, from school. Uh, and I feel like I've got to defend myself and put some context here. She came home from school and we have a, a keypad that you type in the code. I had asked her to do two simple chores that shouldn't have taken more than like 20 minutes. And when I woke up the next morning to rinse off a cup and put it in the dishwasher, the dishwasher was still full. And I'm like, why didn't this get done? And I'm like, and you walk by the mailbox. You're supposed to bring the mail in. There's like three days worth of mail in there. So I'm like, okay. So I took the batteries out of the door so the code would not unlock and open. But I left work early that day to make sure that she only had to sit outside for like 30 minutes worth of punishment. And it was like 65 degrees it, outside. It still, so. it still went home. But, but you <laughs> haven't done that with Cohen. And, and and I was listening you know, to a guy today. Uh, he was talking about kids learning the consequences of their things. Like you have a kid who won't get up, right? They won't get up their alarm. And you're going in every morning. And you're going, he's just like, let them oversleep. And send a note to the school and say, hey, Sorry, he's tardy because he overslept and whatever punishment you're going to deal out, deal out. You know, let them experience the consequences of life of their actions themselves and, and try to correct. Yeah, except I don't feel like my parents ever really did that. Like if, if they there was no sleeping in, it was a cold glass of water dripping on my head. Like my dad kept my parents kept the sippy cup lid and then my dad would just sit there and just like shake it like a salt shaker on my head. Ice water. It worked. You know, this, um, this all explains that, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I, we are big fans of letting our kids fail. Yeah. Um, whether it's big or small, as long as they're not going to die, we right. let them fail. Whether that means climbing up something and a little too high and they're getting scared. It's like, well, you got up there, figure out how to get out. I'm going to catch yeah. you. I'll, I'll be a safety net, but you're going to get down. Or it uh, didn't do my homework. I didn't do my report. Oh boy. Yeah. That's a big chunk of regretting, didn't it? Like we're, we're big fans of letting them fail because it's better. They fail now than fail as 20 year old. Cause I think that there's this generation that parents didn't let their kids fail at right. all. Afraid like, to. Oh my God. Here's but, your trophy. You know, and then now they're 20 year olds. Well, it's not and just that for the first time and they're freaking out. out. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then well, their parents call us on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Why is my child failing? Why am I talking well, to you? And it's not just that it's, um, my biggest struggle with Cohen is like, he's like, mom, can you, how do I do, um, can you do this for me? I'm like, no, I'm doing this and this and this. I'm like, you're a big boy. You can do that yourself. Or do I need to put you in the bathtub and wash your hair and wipe your bottom again? And I'm like, you're 14, figure it out. You know where the tools are. Go get the screwdriver. You know how that works. You Google know the it. difference between a, f yeah. You watch I, I YouTube, watch on yeah. YouTube. You don't yeah. want to sit do there it. and watch YouTube all day. Pick a different YouTube video. Right. Watch YouTube how to do it and go get it done. Yeah. So so tell us about I'm super curious about this produced two movies. Oh. Oh. Yes. So I'm a big fan of diversification. I mean, I named my company Diversifier X. Okay. I think that's the key to success in pharmacy, but I think it's the key to success in life. Like um not having all your eggs in one basket. And so 
Um, I have a friend that I've done a lot of marketing projects with over the years, and he's been in, you know, kind of, I'll say Hollywood of different avenues, whether it's radio or um, documentaries and stuff. And, you know, we were just kind of sitting around one day and, you know, it's like, we should make movies. And he's like, yeah, because he's been done some documentaries (laughs) and, you know, wanted to get over into um, some of the full length feature films. And so how many glasses of wine in were we at this point? (laughs) (laughs) You know, actually, I think we were so cold sober. It was okay. pizza and coke. Like, I think it was a little extra caffeine. I got you. Okay. We're on a caffeine high. Let's do and, something awesome. Uh, and so he wrote a script and, you know, I, I read it. And it's like, this sounds like a cute little warm-hearted movie. And so that was the first movie that I produced. Um, he was the screenwriter and director. His name's Rick Walker. And um, it's won a bunch of awards. Uh, let's see. It came out in 20, gosh, 2020 two yeah so like it won a bunch of awards and then i got a really crazy idea for a movie myself and came up with this whole story and pitched it to rick and he wrote the screenplay and uh we made another movie and uh, that one's called the squad and so the first one was second chances and actually second chances comes out april 28th on prime video and apple tv okay and then squad and and that's that's a more funny um you know a family-friendly movie the squad is not the squad <laughs> is sex drugs and violence okay. and um uh it's about these badass girls so it kind of all like came together um the the story is is there's these girls and they travel to different locations during spring break and they get everybody hooked on drugs because who's expects the cute little girl in a bikini to be the drug dealer? That isn't the image of drug dealer that any of us have. Right. And so they fly into the radar and they, you know, become really successful. And um, so the squad, the squad's going to be coming out sometime in May um, on, I, I believe, on Apple TV, too. Um, and uh, uh, it, it actually won uh, Best Late Night Movie at the Chandler Film Festival recently. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where Crazy. we premiered. And we're actually uh, filming the sequel now. So the sequel's been picked up, and uh, we're filming the sequel now. I got so. up my game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling insignificant Jeff, at this Yeah, point. Jeff walks away from some of these podcasts <laughs> like, going, I feel really insignificant yeah, and, me un- humble. and an underachiever. Yeah, underachiever. You know, it was just one of those things. You just knew the right people, and you fell into it. And mm-hmm. um and it's it's kind of fun like it yeah and so now they have like so whenever these middle of the night moments when i have these crazy ideas um so i have this other idea for a movie so i pitched to rick and he's like oh that's fantastic so he's right the script now um we're hopefully gonna you know we'll put it in production and and uh that kind of things now we have some really good deals with some distribution networks and you know those kinds of things all that stuff so i'm learning i'm new at all this so this isn't certainly an anywhere that i'm an expert in so I'm, i'm definitely learning so it's it's fun and new and exciting and uh you know hopefully it'll diversify our revenue as a, nice. as a family and you know give us other opportunities to you know make money fantastic that is so cool so for those you you've got your diversifier x conference is coming up in august in august here in dallas here in dallas at the at the omni and so if, if people want to know more about that and you it's uh website is diversifierx.com is the main website that's where all of our free stuff is so go go get all the free stuff um pharmacy profit summit is the name of our conference so you can um you know you can get to the pharmacy profit um from the diversifierx 
but yeah, that's August 4th and 5th in Dallas at the Omni. Um, what's cool this year and different this year, you know, we try to keep it fresh. We always try to keep it uh, relevant is we're going to have a technician and staff track. Um, nice. You know, so obviously I work with pharmacy owners and pharmacy owners are my people or my jam, um, but we can't do it alone. You can't have a successful pharmacy without awesome technicians and awesome right. staff, but they need to know different things than what the pharmacy owner knows. And so right. we've partnered with NPTA, the National Pharmacy Technician Association, okay. and we've got this big, beautiful space at the Omni here in Dallas. So we're going to have a separate room that's going to be teaching similar but different stuff to the technicians and staff so that they're the ones that are usually doing the work, you know, doing the step by step by step. Whereas the pharmacy owner needs to know the overall strategy, needs to know goals. And, you know, so it's similar but different. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So hopefully we can, you know, we always hear of the great wins after the conferences, like after the, the pharmacy profit summits, like what my, I, I put these on solely. So like I get to hear all the awesome things that people do. And so I'm really excited that after we have all of this like dedicated content for the support people that like it's going to be even better. Like I'm already like anticipating like they're going to just be so much more successful because they have a team now that like understands what what they need to do in order to make it. So fantastic. Well, love you. Love every, your energy and everything you're doing. Yes, um, Lisa Fast, super mom. Yeah, somebody. Pharmacy badass. Well, and, and somebody else Just out there day day. putting the energy in or really trying to save save pharmacy. I you, Every time I turn around, you're here, you're posting content, you're coming up with new ideas. Um, I appreciate you trusting us with the, with the pharmacy system. And I um, appreciate yeah, this absolutely. relationship that's starting to grow and, and really looking forward to how we can work together to, mm-hmm. and to do push, more. push those missions on yeah. uh, further. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thanks for all you guys do. I mean, you guys have been sticking to this, you know, for, for many, many years, you know, so, and it's, it's, uh, it takes a lot of perseverance and resilience to do that. You know, it's, it's easy to tap out. It's harder to stay in. So, yep. you know, Love that's it. certainly appreciated on our end. And so, all right, look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks guys. All right. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you for watching the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more pharmacy professionals like you.